You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get? If I run ads for you, what are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item so you get one free item for penis havers one free item for vulva havers one free item for couples and then you also get six free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film i love free movies they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to adameve.com, you're gonna go to checkout, and you're gonna type in darkpod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're gonna get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're gonna get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to adameve.com and take advantage of it right now. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language 
content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new Thursday edition of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on all things disability. I'm your disabled Dick Smith, Andrew Gerza. I am your disabled porn star, Andrew Gerza. I am your disabled, I am all things disability, with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. Um, And let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this episode started. First things first, everybody, I want to thank you for sticking around for the, uh, as the show expands out into new territory and we do more different episodes on different days and we do kind of different series on different days. I really like this because it allows me to say different stuff and I, like I've said before, I'm not pigeonholed into just talking about sex. So I'm really excited to do some history episodes, I'm really excited to do some more law episodes, I'm really excited to do more things that are completely outside of the realm of sex and bring it to you in this podcast feed. And so thank you for sticking it out with me and doing that. Um, I also want to give a big shout out to everybody going through the quarantine right now. Um, you can listen to our quarantine and chill episodes on Fridays where I talk specifically to disabled people about their experiences during the pandemic, and I really, really love those episodes too. We're already, um, we're already, we already recorded up to 12 episodes of those. That's really cool, and I'd love to have you on the show for a quarantine and chill episode or any kind of episode with Disability After Dark. So if you want to be a part of the show or have some input for me, make sure you go to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and send me a note and let me know what kind of episodes you'd want to hear in the feed. And I'd like to make that happen for you. But now, let's get on to today's show. Just before we get on to today's show, if you want to support the show and get the main Thursday episode one day early and a weird, awkward shout-out for me as a thank you for supporting the show, you can head to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. But now, really, on to today's show. It's a good one. On today's show, I do another kind of episode where I talk to someone that I had sex with and I ask them what their experience was like having sex with me, a disabled person, and I ask them kind of just to to share that experience with us. And for today, I sit down with my friend, Daddy Lance Navarro, out of San Francisco, and we talk about our experiences working together as client and sex worker, and he talks about some of his experiences working with other disabled clients and what that's meant for him. And he kind of explains to you why having sex with me is really great. And it was a really fun, interesting interview. We also talk a little bit about expectation and how um, how we talk a little bit about, um, you know, why so many people will say, oh, try not to expect anything. Just have a good time. Just enjoy sex. And so I talk with Lance about how being disabled means that when you expect something um, in sex, it means you get to have the sex that you want and you get to have sex you were looking forward to. So we have a really nuanced, fun conversation around our sex, our sex together, sex that he's had with other disabled clients, things like that. It was a really fun interview. He's a really sexy dude. 
it was really awesome to talk with him. So this is another kind of guys I fucked episode with Daddy Lance Navarro right here on the Thursday edition of Disability After Dark. Lance Navarro, hello. Hey, hun, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark today and for wanting to sit down with me. This is a fun little series I started probably a year and a half ago where I sit down with some dudes that I slept with and get them <laughs> to talk about sex and disability with me. So I was like, you and I have slept together. So let's let's bring you on the show. Awesome. And, and I'm really excited that you could be here. Can you um, introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. Uh, my name is Lance Navarro. I also go by Daddy Lance or Daddy Lance Navarro, whatever you like. Just Daddy. I can be just daddy. Um, <laughs> I live in uh, San Francisco, California, and um, I have been uh, uh, doing um, sex work and sex therapy, massage therapy. Um, I've been in that whole world for about a decade now. Um, previous incarnation, I was in retail and, um, and left that and just found a new passion uh, in life. Uh, for doing uh, body work and, and sex work, helping people to sort of connect with their deepest self and experience the, the magnitude of intimate, sensual and erotic energy that we are all part of and capable of and our, our purpose for being on this world to connect with one another, ironically at this time when we're being told we have to stay away from each other. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird time, we're, filming, we're recording this one in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic so yeah it's weird yeah, to it's... talk about sex work and and sex and any kind of sensuality right now because we i mean we could have it but it's not i believe it's not the best thing to be doing right now right let's see i think i think i saw a thing that said like we're all schrodinger's cat right now you know we're all a cat in a box that could be alive or could be dead and you know, it's like we all could have it we all could have immunity to it we could be like, we're all Schrodinger's cat until, you know, we actually can all have a test and know like what's happening. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, are you Lance Navarro? Are you somebody who identifies as being disabled? Uh, no, no, I do not. I wear contact lenses. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess low vision could be, I mean, well, low vision no. is considered a disability, but like, so you no, I, I, I definitely don't. I don't have any, um, any significant enough physical or mental or psychological, uh, you know, uh, issues that would be defined as uh, disabled. I would say. So. Okay, um, and can you tell me what was your first experience as an escort, specifically working with disabled people? Like, what was what's that? Not necessarily just your first one, but generally, what's your experience working as an escort with? disabled people have been like? Um, I mean, I, I almost all of my work I find to be incredibly rewarding, but I would definitely say that when uh, with people with, with disabilities have, have reached out to me, um, you know, and, and, and uh, trusted, you know, from what they can tell about me through my writing, through my, you know, interviews and things that, that, that I'm the type of person that they could feel comfortable enough being that uh, vulnerable with um, trusting me to be able to take care of them because that trust is implied with really any session. But I think definitely, you know, people with disabilities, um, 
you know, are, 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 are even more a vulnerable population. So like that's, um, that's been very, um, very rewarding to me. Um, it's definitely, um, my work is always pushing me outside my comfort zone. So I really try to do my best to lean into uh, anything that might feel uncomfortable because it's new and different. And through that, I learn the most. So yeah, I'd love to kind of talk about how you, you mentioned a couple of times just in, the, in that opening there that you were a little bit there, there's, you know, pushing you outside your comfort zone. There was some, there was some sort of like discomfort there. Can you elaborate on what that may have been for you when you first started working with a disabled person? Like what? And I think that discomfort is very common for all of us. So mm. I just, I'm curious as to like what that might, may have felt like. Um, so let's see here. Like I'd say one of my, well, first I, I, I had a, I had a session, I had a client like, it was probably four or five years ago. Um, who told me nothing about having a disability. Um, and then he arrived and I, I live on a, a, a three, third floor of a, of a walk-up uh, apartment building. And, um, you know, it typically takes, you know, typically it takes my clients like maybe a minute to get up the stairs. Well, like this guy is like, I was waiting for probably five or six minutes before, you know, he finally arrived at the door. And, uh, and then I noticed he was walking awkwardly. So I just thought he might've hurt himself or whatever. And as we undressed without any, you know, pre-mentioned like he had a prosthetic leg that he took off um which you know it it was surprising to me but it wasn't it it didn't in any way get in the way but I also did feel like that is probably the kind of thing that one should share um just to make sure I I guess I guess maybe I can appreciate that he could tell that it wasn't going to bother me maybe in what he knew of me um but I just think you know it's like the kind of thing like it could freak somebody out you know? yeah um but uh, but it was nothing to me but I, I think you know though in the process like you have these questions like as i'm touching him as i'm massaging him as i'm exploring his body like is that is that you know partial leg is that something that i should pay attention to to show it approval and love and grace you know or is that maybe something that's uncomfortable and that's you know and sometimes you just have to explore and sometimes you have to actually ask the question you know does this feel good because um, people could feel differently about it. So. Was that was that, with that with that particular client? Was that an experience where you stopped and asked the question, or were you like, "Oh wow!" Like, how did you internally and both like externally? How did you respond when you noticed he had a prosthetic leg? Um, well, I didn't. I mean, um, I don't think I actually had any response at the time that he was actually removing it. It was just, you know, it was, it, it wasn't actually, it actually made sense now. Um, if anything, I just wish I could have said, Hey, would you rather me come to you? Cause you're going to have to climb a lot of stairs. Yeah. Um, you know, I could have made it easier on him, you know, offered to come see him for the same rate or something. But, um, um, no, I don't think I had any response. I think though, like while I was, uh, when I was with him, as I was like touching his body, um, you know, I like to first just, just, you know, test, you know, just, touch, see what the reaction is, you know, and then, you know, but sometimes people's reactions aren't vocal They're you can barely even read them on their face. And that's where you, so I don't, I don't actually, I think I did ask him, do you, does that feel good? And, you know, he, you know, I think he saw that, that uh, he actually, you know, didn't, there wasn't really anywhere in his body. He didn't enjoy being touched pretty much. So uh, the leg wasn't, um, you know, wasn't a place that was a, that was a bad feeling. And if anything, I think it can really be, you know, unless some people report having like a phantom, uh, feeling, you know, like, like the leg is still there. And sometimes because right. of that, it's not enjoyable, but yeah. he definitely seemed like I was respecting every part of his body and he enjoyed that. So. And do you have any other stories of disabled clients that you work with that you? Oh, oh yeah. 
Well, in fact, I would say probably my most profound um, experience so far in my work was um, a three-day appointment that I, um, and I, I have, um, I've, I've talked about this before, so it's on other podcasts, but it's, it's always worth mentioning because it was such a beautiful experience. Um, I had a client that I spent three days with um, at his place, um, just up north from San Francisco. And uh, he was, um, I think, 75, maybe like mid-70s, I believe, and um, had been married to his, his wife for over 50 years. Um, they had a wonderful relationship. He always knew he was attracted to men, but never acted on it. So he wanted his first time to be with somebody he could trust. And he wanted, you know, to have not just a few hours, he wanted, you know, a few days of opportunity to, to learn and learn what it is to be a gay man, what things he can expect and learn about sex and touch and intimacy. And he, um, I don't remember his condition, but he was, he was confined to a, to a wheelchair. Um, he had a condition where his muscles were sort of atrophying over time. So he had, um, he was able to stand, but he couldn't really walk. Um, so, um, but I just remember like arriving and just, he opens the door and I, you know, bent down to give him a big hug in his chair. And I could just, I could just feel his energy had been longing for this connection, this energy, you know, this hug that's not a, a sideways kind of, you know, pat on the back kind of hug that men give each other. It was just a full embrace and holding and just heart to heart love hug. And I knew immediately what an amazing three days that was going to be. Um, and, uh, and it was, I mean, we took long car rides where he just asked questions. He told me stories about his life with his wife and his travels and how very thankful he was to have that. He would have never given that up to be an openly gay man, but he was finally ready to start learning all that. So. I love that story. And I, yeah. you've told me that you've told me that story before. And it's just, it's nice to, to hear that, like that you, because, you know, he was not only did he have a disability, you also said he was he was an elderly man. So most most people in our community, if you're over forty, you're dead. So the fact right. that like again, not not to say that you are quote a savior of anybody, but the fact that like that didn't phase you, I think is important because most people in our community have very strict requirements as to who they'll, they'll spend time with. If you, and if you fall out of them, then you're not then you don't exist. So I think it's important to recognize that people who are over a certain age deserve sexuality too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my work, I mean, I, I would hope that without my work, I still would have found that level of wisdom, but they definitely with my work, I mean, you know, when I first started out, even though I was, you know, I was almost 30, I, I started, you know, late by many people's standards, but and I'm glad I did because I certainly would not have had that, um, you know, uh, knowledge of self, you know, that emotional maturity, um, to work with such a wide range of clients and do it authentically, you know, but even, even at, you know, at 29, you know, I had difficulties at first, you know, with clients who were maybe older or larger, you know, I definitely was like, you know, but because my, 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 my empathy and my compassion superseded that, you know, it went fine. I was like, I'm here to give them what they need and none of that matters. But over the time, you know, it's really just become a very natural thing that, you know, the only the only thing I can't work around is an energy that, that won't connect with me. Like that's, you know, that's pretty much my only limitation. I don't have limitations around 
physicality. Um, I'm beginning to not even have limitations around gender. I've started working with, you know, not just uh, uh, trans men and women, but cisgendered uh, females. Uh, only one so far, but anyway. Um, so I've just, I've, I've grown and learned a lot um, because I don't have sex with the same people all the time. Like so many people do. It's like have such limitations on who they're attracted to that they end up having the same kind of sex all the time, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. That's, I didn't know that you were, you were branching out a lot. way. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, I, I specifically this, this one woman that I've worked with, like her, just her energy is just so amazing and it's so sort of balanced masculine feminine whatever that means i mean but um you know i i i'm not quite at a place where i could say i could just work with any female um i think i'd have a hard time working with a woman who maybe didn't know how to ask for what she wanted you know but um but i've recognized that like yeah my um i'm not as limited in my ability to connect with people as i have thought i was <laughs> i mean you know in in different ways so and do you think that working with disabled clients has broadened that sense for you like do you think like not just disabled clients specifically but because it is a disability podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of peg it there of course think, oh yeah do you think like disability and working with people with different disabilities has has opened that door up for you a little bit to be like oh whatever you have is fine let's work it out yeah oh yeah definitely um um definitely just you know um because one thing I try not to do, I try not to anticipate too much, you know, like, and, and in fact, you know, I think maybe even uh, some clients might find it frustrating <laughs> in communication that when it comes to a session, I, I like to know what somebody, um, you know, hopes for or what they're wanting to work on or whatever. But ultimately, um, when I arrive, I don't want to be just present in the moment, you know, not so much thinking about the future. So I think when it comes to working, you know, I am just, I show up just ready to be there and present however I can. Um, but definitely like the individual challenges, you know, they push me. And, and I mean, I think it's funny that you bring up like no expectation because you and I have talked about this off the air when we've been setting up sessions and things. Um, and we've talked about you, you know, you saying to me like, Andrew, don't expect a lot. And I, I totally, I respect that. But I do think also like just hearing you bring it back to the conversation, part of me was like, oh, well, the reason why there's expectation is because a lot of disabled people want something to look forward to and they want something very hmm. specific to to be excited about. And so when people tell me, oh, just have no expectations, just let it be, it's like, no, no, no. But I want to know that this certain thing gets to happen because I never get to have this thing. So when I have an expectation or I'll say to like a worker, like a sex worker, like, hey, I want to do exactly this and here's exactly what I want and here's why. And if the sex worker comes back and says, oh, just let it go with the flow. I get where I get why they're saying that, but I also think that because of ableism and because of the way disabled people have been so often denied these chances of like of getting sexuality the way they want it, having the expectation of yes, we're going to do exactly this feels comfortable because then you know what you're getting, you know that that you are going to get to enjoy this moment together with somebody. So I feel like there's a lot of layers to to expectations mm. and I feel like Maybe that's why, you know, like I like the, I like the theory of don't expect anything, but I understand as a disabled person, like having expectations <laughs> always feels super, it feels nice because then you know what you're getting and you know that you're going to get this thing you want. Well, I think, I mean, I, yeah, I totally get that. And I think like, um, you know, part of it is, I mean, the anticipate, the fantasy and the anticipation of the event. I mean, 
as is the case, you know, with every kind of, uh, you know, anything that's a, that's, a, that's a reward system, anything that makes us feel good, you know, the anticipation of the event is often, you know, the most exciting thing is that's when kind of the serotonin production is the highest is when we anticipate what's going to be happening, um, yeah. whether it's a week ahead of time or whether it's right before it happens, um, which can also be anxiety. You know, like a lot of people be like, oh my God, I'm so anxious about meeting you. And it's like, well, that anxiety is also excitement. Like our bodies feel it the same way, you know, the kind of butterflies in the stomach. Um, so I think, yeah, there's something very healthy and to be expected about like wanting to talk about it, wanting to think about it, wanting to be excited about it. Um, but it's, I think it's also balancing that with knowing that, like, cause I think, I mean, without oversharing, like we can state that like our last time together didn't go how we anticipated, Yeah, I definitely but we did. still, but we still made it lovely. You know, it's like, cause we can't ultimately control, we can, we can think about the future, um, we can hope for something that's going to happen in the future, but ultimately we ultimately end up having to show up in the moment and just say, well, what are, what is our bodies telling us in the moment? So, I mean, I get it though. I get like wanting to be able to know that. Well, I mean, and also anytime you are, I should be, not be crass, but you know, anytime you're going to be spending money on something, <laughs> you know, you want to know, like you wouldn't just like, you know, you want, you want to, like, you want to get the product you pay for. Make sure, yeah. 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 No, it's Which is where it's helpful to... though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, that was only question one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, my next question is, I know you, I know that you had heard, of, you had heard of me before we decided to meet. We were kind of chatting online a little bit and you had heard about me before we decided to meet. And as we were, we've been, we've been, you and I have been talking for like, God, four years before we actually hooked up the first time. Um, what was your, when you heard about the work I was doing, when you heard about who I was, what was your first impression of me when you heard about me? And then what was your first impression of me when you met me? Um, I mean, the only, so, I mean, my first, my first awareness of you came from the article about your experience with, with David SF. So I probably, I'm sure I reached out to you very shortly thereafter. I'm just thinking like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, I was like, you know, this is, I know David. David's a wonderful man. I've known him for a decade. Um, And For anybody uh, who's listening, who's like, what article? So (laughs) I wrote an article about an experience I had with a fellow sex worker. um, And my, he was my first experience with a sex worker. And then Lance was friends with him. And so he, Lance read that article and here we are now. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just thought, you know, this is, this is so awesome, you know, because it got, you know, it got, like, I think it ended up, I mean, it ended up on a lot of websites, you know, so I mean, it was popping it's up on still, social media. Every couple of years, they, they like, will reissue it and it'll go out again for a week and it'll, it'll do the yeah. rounds again. But yeah, I just found it, I mean, incredibly bold. I mean, you know, there's, there's like, you know, there's almost kind of two different types of coming out, but they're both the same, you know, like a sex worker coming out as a sex worker, you know, to close friends or family or whatever. But then, you know, perhaps equally as hard as the people who will openly say, look, you know, I, I utilize the, you know, the service of sex work, sex workers, like I, you know, and so I, I love nothing more like when I get like a, a client who's like, oh, a friend referred me. I'm like, I fucking love that. Like, I fucking love that people are like, willing to say, hey, this guy is amazing. You got, you should, you know, you should schedule with him. Like, I love that. Like, it's, it's bold. So yeah, so when I'm reading that, I'm just like, this really, is really amazing. Um, you know, both on, on your end, um, having that experience, 
um, you know, doing something you hadn't done before, um, always, you know, um, applaudable. And um, yeah, and then I mean, and then sharing it, ultimately having that experience, but then also sharing it with the world to help educate and, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, just kind of saying, fuck it, I don't care what other people think. <laughs> and uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So, um, yeah. Uh, and and then, so, so, and I know we, we also have mutual friends with, um, can't think of her name right now, but we have a friend that did work with you in a touch class, right? And like a, like a body work. Class. Oh yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, I went blank. Um, yeah, no, we, we Kate. went through. Caitlin? Uh, yes. Yes. Caitlin. Caitlin. Yes. Yeah. No, we went through, I mean, we, we went through a whole, um, 12, 12 day shoot for God. How many days was it? Uh, surrogate partner therapy, uh, training. It was two weeks. It was two weeks total. Yeah. So no, I spent, it was only four of us. So like I spent a, which is really sad why I couldn't remember her name right now, but those days you try to think of it, you can't, if you just, if I just pop, you know, um, yeah, she's lovely. She's wonderful. And, um, I think it was while we were there that I talking about Toronto and wanting to get there. She doesn't live in Toronto now, but she did. Um, so yeah. Yeah. She's good people. Um, so based on like that initial, like hearing of me and then reading the article and then, when we event when I eventually said you okay like we've been we've been flirting with the idea of us messing like having a session what do you think about that how did when I approached you how did you feel about me saying hey I want to have a session were you excited nervous kind of like walk us through yeah no I mean I was ninety I think as normally as the case I was ninety percent excited and ten percent nervous but that nervousness just really kind of comes from the anxiety I kind of always feel that I want to like. I want to do the best I can. Like, I think anytime you, if, when you feel enormous anxiety about something, it at least means that you take it seriously, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, I think I had a, I think my intuition's usually good. I wouldn't say that in person you were anything, anything other than exactly what I, you know, expected. Um, and no, I was, I was super like, you know, honored. Um, again, you know, when there are hundreds, thousands of, guys out there that are, you know, doing, you know, work that's, you know, similar, the same wheelhouse, regardless of how they, you know, approach it. Um, uh, you know, I certainly was, uh, was honored. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember when I first talked to you, I was, I was nervous because you were my, you would have been my third or fourth experience with a sex worker at that point. Um, and you know, because your social media presence, you have, you have you have quite a quite a cheeky side to you when you're online. So I was a little bit nervous because I was like, "Well, his online persona is so it's so kind of dirty and playful, and I I'm just an awkward ball of <laughs> shyness." So I, was a, I remember being a little bit nervous because I didn't I never know how quite to approach working with a new worker, and I remember feeling very like I we had talked, we had chatted, we had we had face. And so there was not like there was not a fear of you but there was a fear of, like i don't want my disability to fuck this thing up and i remember yeah. saying to you a bunch of times before we met like i'm worried about this and i'm worried about this and i'm worried about like my disability getting in the way and like which i think for me when i whenever i have sex whether it's with a worker or just for fun there's always that fear of my disability getting in the way and this time because you had you had such a you know, you have such a 
prevalent like porn persona I wanted to I was excited I was like he's a, he's a big name and we're gonna mess around it'll be fun but then also like what if something disabled happens and what if I what if it fucks up and so that first time I was really nervous and then ironically enough the second time disability did get in the way yeah. and so we just hung out and so like the second time we hung out I can't remember what was going on I was tired I wasn't feeling good my body just was like no but I was like I want to I want to still spend time with that energy and we just kind of laid there and hung out which I think was more almost more fun than the sex yeah. it was like it was nice to have a person kind of see how disability affected me in on the day today and it is like even though we weren't having sex you were still there to to like witness my disabled body doing stuff and that was important for me yeah well i mean it's you know i, I mean kind of going back to so we were a moment ago sort of talking about the notion of of a uh, of control and that as a disabled person since you you know since there's so much you can't control that you're going to try to control as much as you can and it makes sense um but at the same time, the lesson is still just as true for you as it is for me, as it is for anyone else, that they're ultimately, we aren't in that much control. <laughs> like yeah. of like we, we want to tell ourselves we are, but like as, you know, as uh, I often, uh, it's a, you know, it's a cliche, but the whole, you know, if you are, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future you're at peace when you're living in the present, you know? So it's like, as much as we want to anticipate what's going to happen and try to control that, it ultimately just, it can lead to a place of anxiety. So it's like, we just have to like, you're telling really like, I mean, what in like the fantasy aspect that shouldn't create anxiety. But if like, if anticipation of the future is creating anxiety and that means we're just, we're not staying in the present. And so it's like, as much as there were hopes that all these things were going to happen, ultimately, what showed up in, you know, either one of our bodies for the day, you know, it's like, cause yeah, like granted, you know, otherwise, you know, uh, able, able-bodied people, they don't have to worry about many of the things you do, but they still fucking worry. They worry about, is my cock going to get hard? Did I clean out my ass enough? Like there is still so much anxiety that, that shows up when it comes to, to sex and intimacy. Um, but also the intimacy, like I find that often the, the best parts of my sessions both for myself and my client is sort of after, you know, if we have sex, it's after the sex when we're just laying there and we're finally like fully able to embrace intimacy because we got sex out of the way, you know? Yeah. Like, so. And, and I mean, there's the, we, in our very first session, we took a picture of ourselves after the session, which I'll post on the social media when this yeah. episode runs of us just kind of holding each other and laughing about something. And I love that photo because it was really just sweet. It was too, men just enjoying each other and yeah we had fucked and yeah it was a good time but like it wasn't so much about oh yeah we fucked it was like oh no we had a good time let's say let's try to remember that and i really enjoyed that photo because the, you can just see the joy in both of our faces like i got what i wanted and so did you and it was nice to experience that with you yeah exactly yeah and it's i mean i would even say whether you're whether you're having sex with somebody or just having sex with yourself you're masturbating um like when you're done, like after you've come, you know, if you do, again, too much emphasis is placed on orgasm, but if you do, um, you know, I think because we've, we condition ourselves at a young age that, you know, masturbation is something we do quickly, quietly, 
and we clean up and we go about our lives, you know, but like you're an adult now, you have the privilege to not do that. And like, so people like after you orgasm, like enjoy that space that your body is in, like just lay there for as long as you fucking want. I mean, fall asleep with your, you know, tummy covered in cum, like what, like, but remain in the space. Like, don't feel like you finished business and now you need to get up and go about your day. Like, Stay in that energy for a little while. See, well, and I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, but I think sometimes when you have a disability, if sometimes if you come, you, the, you then need somebody to help you, to help you clean up or to move or like, so that, that moment of, of like, I wish I could stay in that situation, but I need some, I can't just decide that I want to get up right now. I have a schedule. I have people that are taking care of me. I have all these things that I have to think about. So like, that idea of just lying there with cum on your tummy and just enjoying it. Like that's a, that's a beautiful idea. The reality of as a complexly, as a complexly disabled person that, that reality seems almost just out of, out of grasp because I, what I, what if I can't just stay in my bed and, and fall asleep? What if I have to think about like, what if I have a care routine? What if someone's coming and how do I explain yeah. like, like, I think there are so many, and I, I, I'm just saying that there's so many um, variables in the disabled mm-hmm. experience that would preclude somebody from doing that and would stop them from like, and like you talked about earlier about how like anxiousness is, you know, you're thinking about the future. So the minute I come, I'm thinking about, okay, you're going to come, I got to clean up, I got to, I got to pretend like I didn't come and I got to make up a story and I got to like, there's all this stuff because you don't want to embarrass the worker that's walking into your room. So you have to make up all these reasons why, oh no, I'm wet, something happened. Like there, are, I've made up a bunch of stories about why, I've, why I'm wet and when I've totally just come everywhere and had to be like, oh no, it's because, I don't know, I had an accident. It, it's, there's a lot of anxiety around those beautiful moments. And sometimes I see, when I see like pictures of dude in, dudes in porn or dudes who have just had sex and they've taken a photo and they're just enjoying their bodies, it's like, I wish that I could just have a moment where my body could do that. And I could, but then I have to think about who's going to get me up, who's going to clean me, how am I going to do that? So there is, there's a lot of other variables that go into me thinking about like, like just lying there with calm in my tummy, which again is beautiful and great, but it's not always possible for all of us. Yeah. Well, I think just, I mean, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not saying you don't have to lay there in it for hours, but I'm just saying like the same thing, like in our time together, like we didn't feel a need to like, quickly get up and out of bed like so no, no, no. Yeah, I'm just, saying, yeah. just simply simply don't don't allow you know i'm just saying like yeah, don't allow you know that need to go about your day to interrupt you know at least a minute or two of just that you know that you know you got the the, the serotonin and the dopamine and the tryptophan all kind of given that happy light feeling like don't feel a need to inter- interrupt that immediately like you can get to your cum in you know a minute or two <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. um that's all that's all um, can you describe for me what your favorite part about sex with me as a disabled person was or is and why? Um, well, I mean, from a standpoint of, I mean, well, first of all, I, I enjoyed that I got to, to learn how to use the lift. Um, <laughs> you're not the only I one mean, who likes, it was, yeah, it was like, not only was it yeah educational, but it also, it, you know, it also, it felt like a nice it's, it's a really like nice kind of intimate way to sort of start our sessions, you know, cause it's like, you know, you're, you're helping me, I'm helping, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it's just, there's an intimacy about it. There's a trust and there's a, um, 
you know, ritual almost. It's a nice way to, to start. And, um, and, uh, and then no, I just, I love, I, I, I just love the feeling of just cuddling next to you. I, um, it's a, I, I love like how graphic can we be? <laughs> it's my it's my it's my podcast right. i'm the boss so so be as graphic as you want to be i i love so i i love yeah i love riding your dick that's a lot of fun uh especially because i mean for a lot of guys like that can be pleasurable but most want to kind of be on top you know driving it home so i love that like because that really is the best position for you that you're able to like just fully enjoy it as if like i mean yeah like so it's let's be real it's the only position for me so well i yeah yeah i mean we could like I'm, i'm sure i could with rope somehow connect you to something but it just wouldn't be fun so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down to try that right, one time. well i'm not an expert on rope play but uh but um yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's a lot of fun so but i mean again i like the you know uh the intimate moments, you know, the, the value of, of, of conversation and companionship, uh, that you, you know, enjoy, I enjoy very much too. And I mean, sometimes that's what I enjoy about our sessions is that sometimes I feel that I have to, because again, because we don't see in porn, the conversations, we don't see the intimate stuff. And I wish more people doing like just for fans and only fans and all the, all the kind of like homemade porn we're seeing today would, really invest in like show me the 10 minutes before you fucked each other raw and show me like the 10 minutes before you pounded each other's holes out like that's great but i like show me the the stuff in between all that that's the stuff that that i am the best at because i'm not good at physicality so much but i'm really good at like creating intimacy and creating like a friendship and creating a bond so that you want to ride my dick for 10 minutes like right and i think i think what i what i can bring to the table as a disabled person is that sense of like intimacy that I don't think we see in hardcore gay porn or like gay porn generally right now. Like that intimacy is not really, nobody quote unquote wants that, but I think disability could, could lend itself to a lot of these mediums in that it could bring, like when I shot my porn last year, like even, even the porn we shot wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't, there was like a, a playful banter that the other performer and I had that John and I had, but it wasn't like, we were acting. So like, I, I would love to do one that is just us chatting about how to get me in the sling, how to do all the stuff. Like it, it would, I think lend itself to a, a different kind of intimacy that I think a lot of gay porn and a lot of, of sexual media is missing. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I mean, both the, both the conversations and, and time before and the foreplay before. And, and also again, like the, you know, the after, like I, cause I try to like with most of my videos, I try to, you know, not edit until like a good minute or two after, you know, we've come like and show the cuddling and snuggling and just like all the goodness, you know, because normally, I mean, I've even, I've even, you know, shot some scenes where, um, you know, like, like kind of amateur stuff, but with somebody else shooting. And it's like, as soon as we come, they're like, all right, cut. And I'm like, no, keep rolling. <laughs> I'm like, we ain't done. Like, I know it seems like that's where we should be done because that's how porn does it. But like, you know, show, you know, show all the good stuff before and after, like, you know, make it real and emphasize the intimacy. Because I, I will say, like, I mean, that's something I definitely find through my work is that um, most uh, people, well, I mean, I work mostly with men, so I'll, I'll say men, um, that for most men, or many men, um, you know, uh, 
sex and erotic is is so much easier than than intimacy um you know like fucking is not necessarily the most intimate thing that two people can do no <laughs> you no. know and particularly with like with cis men particularly you're not always looking at each other when you're fucking so there is a sense yeah. of from what i've seen in porn from what i know from other performers there's a sense of detachment there where you don't have to like connect with the person whereas when you're with me you literally have to connect with me because we have there needs to be that that level of conversation and that level of connection before the sex starts and as the sex is happening like you have to look at me to make sure that i'm positioned okay to make sure that i'm all right to make sure that like you're okay doing the things we're doing there's needs to be this level of intimacy and i do kind of have a little bit of like jealousy when i watch porn where there's there's you can tell there's a detachment because i'm like i wish i could be i wish i could detach myself from the emotions of this and just fuck because like when you're disabled you don't always get to do that have that detachment and so there is a sense of like i really wish that i could be not cold but i wish that i could just be like oh yeah i fucked this dude it was great and then we were done no you hang on to what is it that's called demisexual right isn't that the term that's right. for yeah yeah that's right demisexual like you need to have the intimacy no i totally get that i mean you don't you don't need to be anything but that like hold on to that because that's beautiful Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> was there any other part about sex with me that you would describe as your favorite or, or something that you want to share about our experiences? And again, it's my show, so you can be as graphic as you want to be. I mean, it was fun. I don't, I don't know if you ever even posted anywhere. I only shot like a 30 second clip of you sucking my dick, but that was. I didn't post it. You just sent it to me. I, <laughs> I didn't post that. You just sent it to me because I was like, you know right. what? Just for, just, <laughs> I'll just keep that for me. Right. Well, that's fine too. Keep it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that stood out, but I don't, I mean, I just, you know, I enjoy, yeah. I mean, it was, it was all a lovely little package of intimacy and, you know. I mean, I make the joke in, in a lot of my work that I can't walk, but I sure can use my mouth. From your experiences <laughs> with me, do you think that joke is correct? I would say that's pretty, pretty ac- accurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. Well, thank you. Um, was there was there part of the experience where you were having sex with me that you wish was there something you wish that I could do sexually to you that I couldn't do or that you think I couldn't do because of my disability? No, but I mean that has nothing to do with you. That's more just me. I don't really. Um, I, I, there's not like there's not much need in focusing on you know what can't be or you know a reality that I can't change. So I just, you know, again, just kind of show up and and just be in the moment and do what the energy dictates. Yeah. So awesome. No. Yeah. Would you say I am one of the best disabled lovers you've ever had? <laughs> I would never say that because that would be unfair to everybody else. So. <laughs> nice answer. I don't. I don't. I don't play favorites. All right. Uh, um, what advice might you give to a non-disabled person having sex with a disabled person for the very first time? So if they if they met somebody at a bar, they met somebody on an app, and they were disabled, and they're like, "Oh no, what do I do? How do I handle this?" Because you've had a number of experiences with disabled clients. What advice would you give? Um, first, uh, just breathe. <laughs> You know, accept that you might be anxious at times, but just take a deep breath 
ask questions. Um, I think I've, I mean, I've found that most, uh, you know, most disabled people out of necessity have learned to communicate, you know, very well what their needs are. Um, yeah. It's forced up, it's forced upon you, you know, um, but still might be apprehensive to say certain things unless, you know, unless they're asked, especially things pertaining to, you know, things pertaining to pleasure. Um, you know, you, you, could, you could expect somebody's going to speak up if, if they're going to be, you know, uh, in danger of something. But in terms of, you know, whether something could be more or less pleasurable, um, that's something that I think everybody has a, can have a difficult time with maintaining intimacy and closeness while at the same time being able to communicate like, oh, could you do that, you know, uh, harder or a little softer there? Um, or, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, and just so just asking, you know, how does this feel? Um, you know, um, what can I do to help, uh, you know, being, being respectful, um, obviously. Um, yeah, but just communicating. Yeah. I, I would say, and I've said it before on the show, so I'll say it again. I would say that if you're going to have sex with a disabled person for the very first time, you will probably say something ableist. You'll probably be, you'll probably put your foot in your mouth and that's okay. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you are, you've done something horribly wrong. It means that you might have some stuff to look at around how you perceive disability. And that's totally fine and valid and fair, but it's just something you might want to remember when you're walking into someone's space who may be proudly disabled or may have shame around their disability to say something that you think is to try to lighten the mood and maybe make a disability joke, which happens all the time, which for me is no problem. But you may want to be very careful how you tread and just ask somebody, how do you want me to, how do you want me to, consider your disability during our sexy time what how do you want me to do you want me to call it out do you want me to talk about it do you want me to not talk about it how do you want me to position your disability during this sex? yeah yeah i think that's good advice um and so one of my one of my final questions for you daddy lance tomorrow uh oh i have a question that i didn't write down that i just thought of right now do you th- i'm i'm turning 36 next week upon this recording oh. um so uh, do you think and I, I now have five gray pubes. So do you think then, based on that, that I would be considered a disabled daddy? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think, <laughs> you know, uh, d- daddy has no age. So it's really like just kind of whatever point you sort of pass that. Uh, I think it's just when you reach that place where, you know, energetically you're the, you know, type that people, you know, look up to as a... Uh, as a, you know, wise, Fourth. educated, inspiring, you know, figure. So um, I don't think I actually have any, I don't actually have any gray pews. I love how you just I was like, I don't think so. No, no. It's weird. Isn't that weird? I mean, I don't think, I mean, I this mean, is all gray. This is half gray, um, but not a single gray pube, so knock on wood so i mean <laughs> wow okay um <laughs> i guess i'm i guess i am a daddy then so, so i just want that because you're one of the official daddies out there so i wanted to make sure to ask is this going to inspire a new tattoo you never know maybe i'll get a disabled daddy tattoo i don't know but maybe <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i'm quite ready to put that on my skin <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One day though, I do have I do have a unicorn in a wheelchair. Yeah, I love driving that. up a wheelchair ramp. So I mean, I mean, <laughs> disabled daddy isn't far off. Um, can you tell me has sex with you has sex with me 
taught you anything about about disability, about sex, about both of those things together? Um, well, the lift thing, <laughs> speaking just literally in terms of like, I can do that now, put it on my resume. Uh, I am proficient at operating. <laughs> um, <laughs> exhibits great proficiency. It's a tough uh, thing to learn. So right. the fact that you have is really important. I think, I think it just, I know, I think just anything, it just sort of further has instilled just again, the, the necessity to just show up, be present, be in the moment, you know, um, sort of, sort of, sort of further um, instilled that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and the last question I have for you is, do you think you and I will hook up again? I think we know, both know the answer to that. I think we do barring, too. Bar- barring, an un- barring any unforeseen, you know, continuation of this COVID barring situation any more, for years, but barring I think by the end of the con- year, I hope. Yeah, I mean, barring <laughs> barring any more coronavirus. Yes. Yeah. No, I was supposed yeah. to be. I was supposed to be out there. I was supposed to be out there last week. For God's sakes. I know. We were supposed we, to be we, in New York. <laughs> supposed to be in New York right now. Yeah. Oh, Corona. So, um, right. Do you have any final words for the disability after dark audience that you'd like to impart about sex and disability or anything? Um, I just, I think, I, I, I hope that this. Um, will serve for people um, as a, just a, a reminder of just one of the many, many, many reasons that sex work can be such valuable and important work. Um, I don't think it's just valuable, important for disabled people, but I believe like disability, you know, should certainly be used as one of the uh, sort of benchmarks or, or, or examples of why sex work should not be criminalized and that it's it can be such an unnecessary and essential thing for people regardless of whether dealing with with you know disability or they're dealing with with emotional um or 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 any other any other issues in their life um it can be you know far more valuable than any other any type of talk therapy that could be out there um it's and talk I think, and therapy I would, right <laughs> right not talk therapy but cock therapy um right um no, and I, you know, I, I, I want, I mean, I, I want to see, I won't be happy until this country, you know, moves not only past, you know, decriminalizing um, sex work, but even like, you know, adopts the, uh, what the Swedish model, is it the Swedish model of like, of, of uh, actually In, not Swedish, what is it, where they actually have vouchers. Denmark. Like, well, I think Denmark. Denmark. Copenhagen or, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, yeah, where the, where the, the country actually pays for what, like one session a month? For- well, yeah, like wh- which you know, frankly, it's not enough. If we're gonna do that, let's go at least two. No, I was going to say. I mean, it's it it's it is it is it is kind of like subscribe, you know, prescribing somebody you know Viagra and saying here you get four pills a month. Like we're dictating how much sex you get to have. I dictating. I agree, but at least you know it's a right dictation. <laughs> How's your dick tasting? Tating. I mean, um, wow. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so on that note daddy lance tomorrow how can people get a hold of you how can they follow you on social media how can they book you when corona's over how can right. how does all that uh, you happen can go, yeah awesome my website is lance sf.com 
I think actually too, I, I bought a bunch of domains that redirect. So I think daddylands.com also directs there. Um, I also do have a, um, I have another website that is M for M surrogate, S-U-R-R-O-G-A-T-E. So mail for mail surrogate, M for M surrogate. Um, and that um, has information about my work uh, as a surrogate partner uh, therapy practitioner. So that would be for people who are already seeing or are open to seeing a licensed therapist for talk therapy, but also need to work with somebody doing hands-on um, exercises and things in order to, you know, so this is really good for people who maybe have had a, a history of abuse um, um, or, you know, just uh, with, you know, major issues around uh, touch and intimacy. Um, so you can read more about that on, on the website there to see if that would be something for you or my lancesf.com website. That's kind of for the majority of my clients who want, you know, sessions more like what we've had. So, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. And you can follow me on social media or actually I have all my, all of my social media links, uh, Twitter, Instagram, so forth. They're all on the Lance SF site. So Cool. I'll make sure that's on the show notes for today. This has Thank been you. another episode of Disability After Dark. And this is a guys, I fucked episode with Daddy Lance. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Daddy Lance, thank you for coming on today. Um, we will talk to you very soon. All right. Take care of yourself, baby. Thanks. Bye. All right, friends. This has been another edition of Disability After Dark the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. I'm, of course, your number one queer cripple and your disabled Dick Smith host, Andrew Gerza. If you like what you heard today and you want to follow my work and find out more about what I do, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast directly, you can head over to Twitter and punch in DisAftDarkPod and follow us there. If you want to contact the show with a show idea, a guest idea, a comment, or complaint, you can head over to your email and email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this latest edition of Disability After Dark, and we'll be here to shine a bright light on more things really soon. Thanks, everybody. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020